Hey there, and welcome to All the Frogs, the podcast where we dissect the dating scene, covering everything from first dates to heartbreak and all that's in between. We're your hosts, Lee and Jules, and between us, we've literally met all the frogs out there, and that makes us the most qualified, unqualified pair to share our dating advice. Join us each week as we navigate single life, exploring the highs and lows of dating and chatting about the lessons learned along the way. This is All the Frogs. Let's jump on into the episode. Well, hey there. Hey, Lee. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually. I'm feeling excited. We've got good things on the horizon. Yes. Lots going on this week, yeah. isn't there? Busy, busy. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Good. I have a story for you. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, last week I had book club. Okay. <laughs> we have monthly book club and it's more so wine and cheese and gossip club. Love it. Um, half of us had read the book this month. Oh, not a bad start. <laughs> yeah. I was hosting. So all the girls came over to my place. We always dedicate some time to talking about our dating lives. And so two of the girls were talking about this guy that they'd matched with on Bumble. They had been talking about it before they came over and realized that they'd both been talking to the same guy. Right, yeah. And he he had this really creepy way of talking to people and he used to he would ask them if they could reenact a dating scene from a movie or a scene from a movie, what movie would they recreate? Oh my god. So one of them was telling so the lame. other one about it when um they realized that they'd both been talking to the same guy. And then they were saying, you know, it's really weird because once you matched with him, he then told you that he's actually based in America. And he's what? and he's expanded his whatever you call it, like oh yes, yeah, search radius, search radius yeah. to Melbourne. Anyway, I was sitting there listening to this, and then I was like, guys, he wasn't in the army, was he? Uh oh. And he was like, and they were like, yeah, yeah. I was, oh, I've matched with him what? as well. So out of the out of six people at my house, <gasps> the three single people. Had matched with him. Man, he is on a swiping spree. He must be so busy. <laughs> but he's in America. Yeah. And he hadn't asked me the um, the question about the movie scene. And so, as a joke, we wrote to him and said, oh, oh if you could reenact a movie scene, love he would it. be with... Didn't even click. <gasps> he wrote back, like, this is the scene I would reenact. Maybe he's a bot. Maybe. But, I mean, what when you find out that he's from America... Do you still want to talk to him? Like, no, when well, are you ever going to see stopped. him? That's why I. That's why I didn't even get to the movie scene yeah. question. But I think he probably told the girls that he was planning a visit. Oh god, so bizarre. Gobsmacking. I mean, America's a pretty big place. Like, how do you need to expand your fish pond that wide? Frog pond. Frog pond. <laughs> Good point. He's I know. Casting a very wide. Really man. bizarre. They said he was a bit sleazy too. Like the main. The only thing he'd said to me was like. Have you been with an American guy? Oh, and yuck. I was like, not responding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like quite the story. Yeah. A bit of swiping action. And we've just been talking about getting back on the apps and so on. And this week we're going to talk about flags, specifically red flags. Although there is that theme about bay, is it beige flags? Yeah, beige flags. Know? What are they? Well, we're not like a Gen Z or a millennial, so <laughs> I think they're irrelevant to our age bracket. <laughs> I was, um, I'm staying with Jules at the moment, everyone, and I was sitting here and listening to her on a work call yesterday, and her new staff member was teaching her all about Gen Z sayings. Yeah, bussin'. <laughs> Whatever that means. Don't know. Don't know. They taught you what it was. Do you remember? No. 
cool. Delicious. Was it about like good food? Oh, God, we sound so <laughs> old. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from so, that. Yeah, just red flags today. Red flags. Because we don't know any others, but we know red flags really fucking well. <laughs> yeah, super well. However, not so great at spotting them. <laughs> no, like a lot of familiarity when you look in hindsight. <laughs> I've collected a lot of them along the way. Yeah. But can't see any in my future. Mm. just because I'm blind <laughs> and I think hindsight is like the key word when you're talking about red flags oh, because absolutely. you can always see them after the fact but you never seem to be able to spot them no even if you know what they are and I feel like you have this like subconscious way that you hide information or things that you're wary about when you're dating or in a relationship that you don't want to tell your friends because like deep down I think you know that it's not quite right and if you were to tell them their friends would be like that's a big fucking red flag. Yeah, so you, absolutely. You, so you just bury it and you push it down further and further and further. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before. Don't hide things from your mates <laughs> because they'll point it out that it's bad. Just... And, tr- and trust your gut. Like if something feels a bit off, like share it, vocalise it, reflect on it, think about it because it's probably a red flag. Yes. Now, have you heard of pocketing? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I've just come across this term, but it's something that I've experienced myself quite recently. Right, okay. Tell me about pocketing. So it's this idea of when you're dating someone and they don't introduce you to anyone in their life or they don't really include you in their life. So they basically put you in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. I know, I know exactly how you've experienced it. <laughs> right? It's it, When I read it, I was like, holy shit, this is what happened. And they're, you know, they're saying, oh, it's a super toxic trait. And, mm. and I guess when it was happening to me, so it happened to me in my last relationship, obviously. I We were together for a year-ish, lived together for a couple of months towards the end, and I still hadn't met his parents. Super weird. Yeah. And all one of his sisters. He had three sisters. Right. And I didn't meet one of his sisters. Didn't meet any of his friends. Was he close to his family? Super close. Like every Sunday they would go for dinner together. Oh. They would all go to their parents' house for dinner. Partners as well. So what would you do on a Sunday then? Nothing. Wash his clothes. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> do housework. Red flag, red flag. Right? And like at the time... I thought, oh, you know, it's probably because he's got kind of a complicated home life, like ex-home life right. with you, his yeah. ex um, and, and the kids and, and that sort of stuff. And so I thought, oh, well, potentially it's just too soon and, and maybe his parents won't like me because of all the stuff in the like past hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. So Like it feels weird to you, but so you ruminate on it and you come up with these hypotheses of why it's weird, not going it's Weird, this is a problem or could be a problem. Yes. And I I raised it, but he would brush it off. And I think that that is potentially the biggest red flag because it could have been for any number of reasons, Mm. right? I mean, in the end, it was for a proper red flag (laughs) reason, but it could have been for any number of reasons. Like, you know, maybe he had a commitment issue. Maybe he was worried about something genuine. Yeah. So pocketing is like... The other aspects of your relationship were serious, moving forward, progressing, like you were living together, but he still kept you like hidden, well, yeah. I guess in his pocket. Yeah. From 
all those other important elements of his life. Exactly, like all of his social elements, all of his own life, I suppose. We shared a life together. Yeah. But, yeah, he didn't include me in his own life. And and the fact that when I raised it, he just kind of brushed it off instead of like having a genuine conversation mm. about why he might not want me to meet certain people in his life. Yeah. I wonder what on the flip side of that, like what was he saying to these other people then about you? Like how can he ignore this element of his life to his friends and his family, like his partner, the person that he's living with? Yes. And just not introduce you to them. Like aren't they thinking that's weird as well? Well, you'd think so. I mean, he never told me anything Mm. about what they were thinking. But I definitely – I mean, they knew we were living together. So they knew about me. Right. And I know that now because I finally met them (laughs) right at the end of the relationship. (laughs) I don't know what they would have been thinking. I always thought it was really strange. And because I know if it was my parents, they'd be saying, when do we get to meet them? You're living together. This is so strange. And like dating at our age – that's like a hurdle that you get through. It's like you start dating, you get to know each other, and the next natural step is normally meeting friends, mm. meeting family. Mm. And that just didn't happen for you, but then all the other steps that would normally happen after that or alongside that went full steam ahead. Yeah, and even him meeting my family yeah. and friends, you know, he would hang out with us quite a bit, right? It's funny, when I raised it, he was like, well, you know, I haven't really been seeing all, many of my friends because I've had all this stuff going on and we haven't really had an opportunity for you to meet my parents. And I was like, mate, you go there every, every fucking Sunday. There's plenty of opportunity. So the pocketing, big red flag. Can't believe I've only just heard of the term. It's, yeah, but it's so applicable. When do you identify that there's pocketing? Like, how do you know if you're being pocketed? I think it goes back to your gut. Yeah. Surely. Like, I knew it wasn't right. And like you said, I was making excuses for yeah. it. Had I listened to my gut and thought, why the hell doesn't this person want me to meet anyone in his life? Yeah. And, you know, when I found out the end thing, I everything Except made sense. Except... He was happy for you to meet his kids and for them to live in your house. Yes. Because that was a matter of convenience. It was. It was a matter of... And I met one of his sisters because he lived with her Mm. for a while. Again, convenient. Like, I didn't actually spend social time with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, should should I take the listeners through what happened? Because basically, he was keeping a secret from me. That entire year that we were together and mm. and actually previously when we'd known each other as well. Yeah. So he was keeping this secret from me. And the first time I met his parents and one of his sisters, it came out. Yeah. And so it's really clear now that that pocketing situation should have been a major red flag. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Fucking hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the takeaway here, though, is trust your gut and... If you feel ready in your relationship or who you're dating to introduce them to your friends and family, ask yourself if that's not being reciprocated, Yeah, potential for a flag. It's yeah. interesting as well because we, I think as you get older, you don't hang out in groups as much. Yeah. You don't go out as a group as much as you used to. So it does take longer for us to meet each other's new partners. Mm. I do believe that. Maybe it's because you have to really go out of your way to introduce someone mm to your friends but you know in your gut you You know know, yeah Yeah. as I I was saying a few episodes ago when you know my side hustle was dating and everyone was a job interview (laughs) (laughs) one of the questions I ask is like who's in your orbit and who's important to you yeah and then if you lead with in with that then you know that John and Jane are 
in your person's orbit. So you should be hearing about John and Jane and you can go, well, does John know about me or does mm. Jane know about me? Like try and gauge an understanding of where you might be sitting at with them or if they're talking about you to their friends. Yeah. Because if they're not giving you that information and they're not mm-hmm. a flag that you're in someone's pocket, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Like if you're proud or happy or, you know, excited to be dating someone, you talk about it. Yeah. Even men talk about it. Yeah. So do you think you've ever experienced pocketing? I don't think I've ever been pocketed and I don't think I've ever put someone in a pocket. But I've absolutely experienced other red flags. Yes. The one that so many people can relate to, gaslighting. Yes. The topic of the moment. Oh, God. (laughs) Bloody gaslighting. I experienced – it was just like not like a little gaslight. It was a fucking explosion at the end of my last relationship. Did not see it coming – did not see that this person had the capability to gaslight me. Didn't even feel that gaslit in the moment, just felt really confused. Yes. And then in hindsight, yes. I was like, oh my God, this is not the person that I am. All these words are absolute bullshit. Give me an That's example. Talking about like in the breakup that like our values don't align and that I'm not a very social person because social to them involves like drinking and going out. Social to me means having a wide network of close friends that I can lean on. Yeah. Going to trivia, going, going on to shopping dates, puzzle brunch, club or puzzle club, stuff. love puzzles, <laughs> puzzling, out for dinners, like yeah, different types of being social, but they didn't match. Therefore, I was just not social. But also, I would like to note that he never came to anything I ever invited never. him to. Never, never, never. So I don't, like how social was he actually? Yeah. yeah. Another example was a holiday that we had been on. Holiday was all around going to the beach, like escaping Melbourne Mm -hmm. and surfing destination. Which he was a surfer, so of course you go where he wants to go. Yeah, and I love the beach and I love the sun. So like I'm very happy to do that, but it was directed towards that. And he got COVID during the holiday, so spent a lot of the time inside. Couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere. Then the gaslit point is at the end of the relationship, oh, I was really bored on that holiday. (laughs) <laughs> it was boring spending time with you and I was like you so he literally said spending time with you he said like when we go out for dinner sometimes it was really boring together I was like we were away for a month you had COVID what did you expect but in the moment I didn't think that I was like oh my god I'm not a social person he doesn't think I have many friends and I'm boring and I was like I'm terrible like yeah. I honestly felt like I was this horrible insular introverted person yeah with no friends and no network yeah i remember when you told me that he'd said some of this stuff and i was like what the fuck that doesn't even describe you in the slightest so yeah i just it really blew up gaslit my mind that Mm. i was this complete other person that yeah when i told all my friends they're like this doesn't resonate with who you are in Mm. the slightest i had a great time on that holiday because i went out and did shit (laughs) and you were at home with covid when you're traveling with someone you know, you spend a lot of time with them. When you go out for dinner, you don't always have shit to talk exactly. about. Exactly, And like, not my responsibility that if you were bored in the moment and you didn't tell me or didn't try to do anything yeah. to overcome your own p- apparent boredom. Yeah. Like, you seemed like you're having a great time to me, mate, when you didn't have COVID. Yeah, exactly. The same sort of gaslighting happened with me in, in my last relationship. I think I told you. I So, you know, when so many things build up and you're like, okay, I have to... I have to talk to this person about all these things that yeah. are bothering me because otherwise I'm going to go a bit insane. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him before it's a big deal. 
So I wanted to talk to him about money because I felt like I was contributing more to the household expenses Mm. and things. He would go out on the weekends, like for his Sunday family dinners, (laughs) and I would do all the housework and the washing. Like, you know how much washing men create? (sighs) You know, it's rude to just do your own washing and not throw theirs in. So I would throw his in too, but obviously regrets now. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it funny how we slip into these roles? I very similar story I resonate with. Yes. There was also this like awkwardness with his kids coming to stay mm. at my house and all this sort of stuff. So I raised it all and he just came back and said all these like horrible things about me. They weren't horrible enough for me to pick up the fact that they weren't true. You know, like, oh, well, you, what are you talking about? I deep clean the kitchen once a week. Mm. I mean, I don't know what he considers deep cleaning, but he didn't touch the oven. <laughs> I deep clean the kitchen once a week. Uh, and all you do is turn on the RoboVac. Yeah, okay, I use the RoboVac. But I also did all of his washing, yep. changed the sheets once a week, you know, all that stuff that he just didn't seem to notice. No. And then he's like, oh, you know, and you haven't made any effort with the kids and you haven't made them feel welcome and I pay for this and this. And anyway, I left that conversation thinking, fuck, I need to do more in this yeah. relationship. Like I totally misunderstood where the levels were. <laughs> And so he actually went away that next weekend, I think on like a boy's trip. Oh, God. And I deep cleaned the house and I went out and bought all this stuff to create like a bedroom for his kids at my house and all this shit. I set up a joint account so that we could like more easily share the costs of yeah. household expenses. I mean, the housework, like you said, we do slip into those we do, roles. Completely. It was the same for you. Oh, right? I, sometimes I felt more like a slave. <laughs> <laughs> or a personal assistant than I did a partner. Yeah. Would you like ask him to help? Yeah, but it, no. Oh, but you're really particular in the way that you like things. So, yeah. you know, you hang the washing out a certain way that you like to do it. And I don't know where these go, so, so I've oh. left them in a big pile <laughs> rather than fucking then, putting them in the drawer. I get to the point where like he was telling me how his shirts needed to be hung out to dry. Oh. And not just like, oh, can you put them on a coat hanger? They'll dry better that way. And then it evolved to when you put them on the coat hanger, can you do the top button up and also the second button because that'll be straighter. And oh. I just did it and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, no wonder I had no time to socialise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to hate this reference that I'm going to bring up. <laughs> I can't remember. Are you a maths watcher? I'm not a maths watcher no. except with my stepmum. Yeah. A psychologist. Yes. She loves watching the like on the couch part. So whenever I'm with her, we watch it together. I would love to watch it with her because <laughs> I never think that they go into the psychology bit enough. No. So the reason I brought it up is because in the last season, I think it was the last season, there was this guy called Harrison. You might have seen him on social media. I think media. I have seen him. His nickname was like the walking red flag or oh, something. Because he was such a major gaslighter. It was so interesting to watch it play out in real time in mm. front of your eyes and watching it and thinking, fuck, I've experienced that. Oh my God, someone said that to me before. Yeah. And so then I want them to get to the couch and the experts to say, well, what you did here is wrong because of these reasons. I feel like they're never going never into did. enough oh, detail. Okay. No. Next season, I'm watching it with your stepmom. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pause She'll it. She'll analyse it Tell for me you. about this. Yeah. Every ad break, I get like a little rundown about who's next on the couch. Yeah. So, but I'd never followed the full pathway of like mm. all of the couples. So I could like don't really know much else about them. But isn't that fascinating? Like we only ever think of gaslighting and red flags looking back yes we never see them in the time in fact in the time you often like get buried deeper in them 
yeah and you don't see it at all you become blinded to it and you lose yourself a bit because all of these little gaslighting things that happen like you did with the house and the deep clean and the kids yeah you you don't recognize it you bend yes to what it is yes and you're living in this world where you're either making excuses yourself like we were talking about before or the people around you are convincing you that the behavior is normal they're stoking the flame yeah oh my mother sorry (laughs) mum We love you, Mum. <laughs> I do love her and her intentions are nothing but pure. Yes. But this washing thing yeah. and like me running the house because of a very busy man, very busy. Mm. She then used to like say to me, well, you should also be doing the ironing, Julia. <laughs> I'd be like, why? I don't wear anything that requires ironing. Yeah, but you should iron for him. It's okay. like, I do enough. Yeah. But that's the... Maybe but a generational. Think, yeah, it must be. But why did she think you should be ironing for him? Because he's busy. Busy, because he's busy. But doesn't she know you're busy? I think so, but maybe she just thought he was busier. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but when I was talking to my mum about the podcast, I said, oh, I'm doing an episode about my ex or I'm going to talk about him yeah. on the podcast. I've told her the whole story and the story is horrific. Yeah. I, under- I recognise I haven't told it on the podcast yet, but... He, he really wronged me. Yeah. And I told mum I'm, I'm talking about him. She goes, well, don't be too mean. Like, what? what the fuck, mum? <laughs> Why are we protecting these evil yeah. men? I think it's old school. Her intentions are probably coming from a good place. Mm. And absolutely our intentions of the podcast are not here to bash men and partners. No, no, no. It's to go, these are things that have happened. What can we learn from it and help others with? Yeah. To navigate through that and recognize that in themselves. Another example I have of this kind of external influence is one of my friends at work. He's going to hate that I'm talking about him. So my ex and I had this big blow up. I was talking to my friend at work about it and he immediately like, oh, do you think you're overreacting? Do you think maybe you're being too hard on him? Maybe he meant this. Talking about it with him since because when we broke up I said you said this to me you were wrong <laughs> he was just trying to help me solve it yeah and see a different perspective yeah and and help us overcome mm. our differences in this and I appreciate that from him of course but then that also contributes to me overlooking issues yeah that I should potentially be considering not having exactly, present in my life and it's it's complete unintentional stoking of the flame yeah another thing that i think is a red flag and we talked a little bit about this before but gut feelings yeah and they can present in a million different ways Mm. mine i now realize presented as quite significant anxiety last year (laughs) halfway through the year my ex and i had been dating for a couple of months so we were through the honeymoon period three months how did i know you were gonna say that Over the three-month mark. Yeah, I started feeling weird. Yeah. And I've had these thyroid issues in the past, just to disclose my entire medical (laughs) history to our listeners. Things like really significant, what do you call it, heart? Racing heart. heart. Racing heart rate, trouble sleeping, um, shakes, hot flushes, all this sort of stuff. And you'd had these symptoms before with your thyroid stuff. Yeah, Yeah, with my thyroid I had. And they'd always said, oh, that can come back. So I went to get a blood test. And it came back clear. 
And I said to the doctor, the only other thing it can be is stress because I'd never presented physically like that yeah. in that way. So she did that depression, anxiety, stress test. Mm. Once we finished it, she said, okay, you're actually presenting severe anxiety. And I was like, huh? I was like, that's so weird because I've felt anxious before and I've always kind of thought anxiety is in your head. Yeah. Like stress is, it, stress is physical, anxiety is in your head. Yeah. You guys can't see, but I'm doing all these moves. <laughs> She's getting really into it. It's like head, shoulders, knees and toes. And one is the head and one is the gut. (laughs) And um, where was I? (laughs) And so I was like, that's weird. Like, what am I anxious about? And so I said to the doctor, I was like, I must be stressed about work. I must be feeling anxious about work. I've taken on all these extra responsibilities. I must be super anxious. Has to be it. But you know what? I fucking love my job. And it absolutely was not that. Is your boss listening? (laughs) Promotion? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now looking back, I I can see absolutely that I knew something wasn't right for so many different reasons, but I couldn't recognize that. I could not figure out what was wrong with my body. Yeah. I've had a similar experience in Mm. subconscious anxiety that I felt in my past relationship. Yeah. And it only manifested on a date recently. Right. Okay. (laughs) And it was a really bizarre moment. I'm a little bit like OCD about things. I like order and I like neatness and tidiness and... You know, when I make a pizza and routine, I love a routine. When I make a pizza, I love to tessellate the toppings so that everything fits neatly on there. I don't just sprinkle and throw them on. I like a really even pizza. Can you just explain the word tessellate forever? <laughs> I know. I obviously know what it means, it's but like just when for you, the listeners. You put mosaic tiles together and you make a pattern. Really? That much effort in your pizza? No, well, not quite. It's not a pretty, pa- it's not a pretty flower here. Yeah, like <laughs> different coloured toppings to make a picture. I like to know that my mushrooms are evenly spread across the pizza and so I'll put them on one at a time. To be fair, I eat my pizza with a knife and fork so I know I'm getting an evenly distributed See? bite. Yeah. So we all have our things. Yeah. Yeah. And this was my thing. And my ex used to get really frustrated with me about how long I would take to make the toppings on the pizza mind you i would always make the dough from scratch right so you know a lot of effort went into this pizza i really wanted the toppings yeah of course to the point where i would say i'm not good at putting the toppings on i won't put the toppings on you put the toppings on then like if you like it this way i would stop at that moment and i would say i'm not good at it so you're not good at putting yeah because it wasn't the way that he liked it because the way he wants it is the only way. way yeah yeah And that was just the way that it was. Yeah. So now I was on this date and I had thought, I'm going to bust out my pizza. Yeah. I think it's a good pizza. Yeah, okay. You haven't cooked it for me, actually. No. So so I made the dough and then it got to the toppings and I went, and he was in the kitchen with me and I was like, oh no, I'm not good at putting toppings on pizza. You can do that. (laughs) And he's like, just put them on. And I was like, but I like to put them on this way. And he's like, so put them on that way. Yeah. And I paused and I was like, why am I putting myself down in this scenario? Like, why am I feeling worked up? Like, I didn't want to put topping on the pizza in front of someone. Yeah. And I felt horrible about it. And I was like, ah, ah." And then the anxiety built. Yeah. And afterwards I was like, screw you, X, for making me feel anxious about toppings on a fucking pizza. It shouldn't even matter. No, but it exploded in my mind. Yeah. And if you think, and I bet there's a million other things that you haven't even recognized yeah. yet because something like putting pizza on a topping on a date yeah. hasn't happened. No, I know. Really eye-opening 
in that scenario. And all it took was someone else to say to me, like, what the fuck? fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you being so weird about these yeah. pizza toppings? Okay, next up, it's time for tried and tested. So each week we venture into the wild to seek out solo activities, test trends, and find out what really works when it comes to dating and living your best single life. We do the hard work so you don't have to. That's it. And this week I've done the hard work for you all. You have. So uh, I'm actually in Prague at the moment and you're here with me staying for the week. (laughs) I'm on a couple of months little find yourself journey which we will talk about on the pod yes probably next week yeah and you know part of my time here i've been strolling around through town and i discovered a museum of sex machines a sex machine museum yeah. what now and it's very much it's prague so everything's like really old worldly and old school but also there's a lot of sex in prague there's right? heaps of sex in prague. <laughs> i have also discovered that my rose colored glasses about prague uh, filthy dirty now. <laughs> <laughs> they're still rosy, but they're just still a... <laughs> rosy, but dirty. So <laughs> I was like, we have to go to the Sex Machines Museum. You know what? It's raining. I'm not going to wait for you. I'm just going to go. <laughs> so I did. I'm kind of bummed about it. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. I was actually a lot smaller and like different to what I was expecting. Because when I think sex machines, I'm like, oh, it's the red room. It's 50 shades of gray, clean leather and red. Now the museum was very red and right. there was some leather, but I'm talking like it's old school sex, sex machines. <laughs> Why is that so hard to it's say? It's so hard to say. Like a really old school, like medieval times. So this is what I had in mind when you originally <laughs> mentioned it to me. And so I go in there and like, you start at the top, work your way down. I was like, whatever good man does. <laughs> <laughs> so you work your way through. There's like porcelain dildos. Porcelain. I'm like speechless. Porcelain. There's a wall dedicated to genital piercings and rings and they're like models that they're on display i mean they put fucking shit in penises on sides of them on different parts does it have dates like i want to know when they were piercing these penises there's not like a whole lot of dates on there but you kind of get the vibe that it's really old yeah um there's like some sex chair contraption um (laughs) vibrators yep they're like I've got a hand cranking machine to make them vibrate we're talking pre-batteries here guys far out so did the person who was using the machine have to crank, crank it, it themselves hand crank it so you didn't have well i mean what's the point of a sex toy if you have to have someone else to yeah, help I mean, you with it that's a lot of hard work you must be at the extreme end of horny to bust out this thing <laughs> and then get down in there and hand crank it I also, That's how can you concentrate on all your like daydreaming? Well, maybe it was just easier to orgasm back then. You didn't have to be so like focused on it. I don't know. What, what on earth tune? would make it more easy to orgasm in the medieval times? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure I'm getting stressed. <laughs> I'm sure I'm getting the, the history of the periods all wrong. Because, like, <laughs> to be honest. Did I read much about the signs? No, I spent the whole time there going, oh, my God, oh, my God. God." Obviously didn't get the audio guide. (laughs) And then at the end, you go into, like, this little room and you watch an old school, like, old school black and white porno. (gasps) (laughs) 
Oh my god, I I have to go. But you, I think you should go have a look. It's yeah. like it's really fascinating to see like how human pleasure it's always been a part of life. Yeah. And how like sex toys and play and like your BDSM how it's evolved and like by and large really the principles are all still the same like yeah people were horny (laughs) since the day of time and they made it work do you think that the sex toys were like for men mostly no they're for both for both who's i mean what man's using a handheld hand cranking vibrator no true but i I mean maybe it goes up somewhere else but women it never seemed like women were kind of allowed to be sexual yeah you know they were kind of there for men's pleasure it was yeah, it's covert sexuality yeah i do like that this side of human existence has like come out and it was just come out um, <laughs> you actually like speak in sexual innuendos <laughs> i don't mean to uh it, it was really fascinating to see that yeah it's a quick it's a quickie <laughs> it's not going to take up your whole day it's in the center of town definitely worth a look like yeah was, eye-opening okay i have two questions because i'm trying to picture these machines and what i'm picturing is like every torture machine that i've ever done when i've done like a tour of a historical no they look torturous okay are they made of like wood there's like wood and like hard looking metals and like it's not like the pretty up leather that you see. I mean, it's old, so it's yeah, old yeah. leather, but it looks like it has whipped a lot of butts and stuff. Like yeah. it's thick and hard. Oh Ooh. God, I've said thick and hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my second question. Is there a gift shop and did you buy anything? No gift shop. Oh, no. Like, it was the, I was expecting like a gift shop at the end and I thought I'm going to go there. And I'll kind of get two tried and tested for the price of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I only left with one tried yeah. and tested. So there's no, nothing like, no takeaway. I wonder if it would even be safe to use one of those these oh, days. St- sterility doesn't yeah. exist. But I'd hate to do a micro swab of it and see how it goes. <laughs> oh, that's so Yeah. So you recommend it? Absolutely recommend it. Yeah. You got a spare hour to kill in Prague? Go do it. And what lesson did you learn? That <laughs> <laughs> self pleasure and exploration in the bedroom—it's been around forever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now we know things don't always go to plan in dating life. Each week, we bring you the best of the worst, cringiest, and hilarious dating adventures of our listeners. Or of us. Yeah. And I don't know how we keep coming up with more and more from our own past. Well, I told you I was very busy in my past <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> Do you want to kick us off? Sure, I can. So this is one is really from the vault. It all started when I was trying to park my car, a reverse parallel park somewhere, and I am a horrendous <laughs> driver. She's the worst driver. Like- and. Ran into a car in her own car park. Yeah. Just the other week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocking and I'm trying to park this car and my friend's in the car with me and she's just losing it as well. We're like, oh my God, we're not ever going to get in for dinner. Like what is going on? And then I get a knock on my window and this cute guy is at my window and I was like, oh my God, a cute guy see me. He's like, get out of the car. I'll park your car for you. (laughs) 
Oh, our hero. I know. And so I was like, sure, random man on the street, you may park my car. Not thinking like maybe he'll drive it away. Well, no one's stealing your it's a Toyota. Toyota. Oh, thank you very much. It's got so, so many dents in it. And so I let him park my car and I say thank you and I have a giggle and I see him get like lock his car, which is parked like two cars up from me, and we both walk off and whatever. Yeah. And we get in the restaurant and I was like, he was a bit cute. I'm, I'm going to leave my number on his car and my friend's like yeah you absolutely should <laughs> so I write my number down on the car and say thank you and just you know here's my number if you want to text yep. me yeah and then I get a message during the week like making a joke about the car parking thing and says do you want to go for a drink on Friday night I'm like yeah sure let's go for a drink so we meet at this bar and he's already there and I walk in and I sit down and he's like how are you going and I was like oh it's been a week can't wait for a drink yeah it's a Friday night and he looks at me and he's like, oh, are you going to have a wine? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a wine. Again. I'm like, what about you? He goes, I don't drink. I'm a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh like, but he's invited you to the bar. I know. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's and that's okay. But I felt this judgment from him that I was in a bar yep. ordering a wine and like a instantly felt like oh I've done the wrong thing like I should have just subconsciously known that you were an alcoholic when you yeah. brought me to a bar yeah <laughs> so we're sitting there having a drink like I'm having a wine he's having a whatever he's having and and he's on his phone and then he gets a phone call and he's like yep yep yeah don't worry mate like I'm, I'll be leaving soon I won't be far away <laughs> And you'd only been there for one Oh, no, drink. like I'd barely finished, like I'd barely touched my wine. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm the, I'm the terrible date here. Like me really going out on a limb, failing miserably. He's going to write into the pod soon with his own <laughs> dating disaster. This one time I went out with this girl. She was so desperate to drink. <laughs> I couldn't get away fast I mean, enough. That's just like a line that you throw away and that you say, like, Oh wow, it's been a week. I can't wait for a yeah. drink. Like I say it like every day. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever lied to get out of a date? I think I get too nervous about how to escape that I don't know how to. It's fucking hard. I yeah. so I actually the dating disaster I was gonna talk about, that's exactly how I got out of mine. I right. lied. Because he I'd matched with this guy, I maybe Bumble, I don't know. He was like six six, so like my type of man, you know. <laughs> and we Sorry, were, Shot Kings. Yeah, <laughs> we were meeting at the Lucky Cop. I showed up. The, the date was like 6 p.m. So you were going to eat and yeah. drink and whatever. I show up and he's already ordered his dinner. <laughs> like I was like five minutes early. What? Yeah, he, I wasn't late. It wasn't like he was like, oh, fuck this bitch. Like I'm going to yeah. <laughs> eat without it. Like I was early and he'd already ordered. He was like, hope you don't mind. I'm starving. <gasps> It's like okay. great start to the yeah. night. Did you want to text me and say like maybe I could order for you while, yeah. before you get here? Yeah, he was like quite far through too. So I didn't end up. Oh, so his meal was there on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, was I eating. thought you just meant like casually like I've just ordered. Like I hope you no, don't mind. He Off was pretty much finished. He was, done. he was done. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, um, <laughs> should I order? Or? And he's like, oh, I'm kind of bored of here. Like should we go somewhere else? It's like. <laughs> So then we went to this red flag, red yeah, flag. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, huh? What? Like I haven't eaten anything. And so then we go to this other bar. So he chooses a cocktail bar that has no food. Mm. And it was so quiet in there that everything that we were talking about 
people, everyone else could yeah. hear. And this bar also happened to be my local coffee shop. Anyone that knows where I'm talking about near the Lucky Cock, they'll know. Okay. <laughs> coffee shop bar. And so we're sitting in this bar. The girl that serves me our coffee every morning is working behind the bar and like listening to this conversation. And this guy is just talking about like the most obnoxious stuff. Mm. And it was quite a while ago, so I don't specifically remember what the topic was, but it was like painting cars or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he just had the loudest voice. How so, did you stay awake? It was the I volume was, of the voice. I was too embarrassed to doze like I was so embarrassed <laughs> and so I actually like I was too embarrassed to doze yes there's a quote for you <laughs> and so I ended up at the time at work we were negotiating this contract with um, a Chinese company and so I like looked out at my phone and I was like oh I'm just getting a phone call no nothing on the screen <laughs> I'm just getting, just getting a phone call sorry give me two seconds walked outside pretended to be on the phone <laughs> came back in and said oh I'm so sorry like that was my boss um I have to go and join a conference call in China (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile the China like the time difference in China just it didn't work to the fact that the time we're on the date they would be working in China like I hadn't thought it through he messaged me the next day and asked if I wanted to go out again oh my god he's bloody clueless oh it was the worst it's funny, I was th- when you were telling your story, I was thinking about, you remember Cheers? Cheers Tuesdays? In Hawthorne. Yeah, where was it at? Is it Hawthorne? It was around there. And you like played um, rock, paper, scissors with the guy behind the bar. Yeah. I say guy behind the bar because the guy that worked behind the bar at the time was so fucking hot. <laughs> and I used to always play rock, paper, scissors. So there was him. only one bartender that was ever serving That's you. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> and I, in my youth, and because it was a long time ago that we used to go there, gave him my number yeah. for the bar. And we actually dated for quite a while. Really? Yeah, couldn't tell you his name. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's one example of when that has somewhat worked yeah. out. <laughs> I've never, ever repeated that exercise. I think the art of handing your number over is, has been lost and I think we should bring it back. No one, no one meets in the wild these days. No, nah, all the frogs is calling for everyone to hand their numbers over Guys, at the bar challenge out there give your number to a random just do it and we want to hear about the outcome look maybe we'll do it too and we'll bring we'll bring back some news who knows what happens in europe will be broadcast on this podcast (laughs) that's all we've got for you today thanks for joining us on all the frogs if you like today's ep please subscribe Leave us a review wherever you listened and follow us on Insta at allthefrogs underscore podcast. And I'd like to go off script here and say, give us your feedback. We want to know how we're going. Oh my gosh, please. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've given one of our tried and tested recs a go, let us know, especially if it's the Sex Machine Museum. (laughs) And please, please, please send in your dating disasters. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. You've got this.